0: Welcome to Moms Going Boldly, a Star Trek podcast.
1: Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel.
0: Moms Going Boldly is two moms who love Star Trek and who happen to have children on the autism spectrum. Join me, Elizabeth, and my co host Vicki as each week we talk about Star Trek episodes, both new and old. Are you ready for the adventure? Come join us on Moms Going Boldly.
2: And welcome back to Moms Going Boldly. Today, we're continuing our discussion of Pike's timeline by uh, looking again at the Star Trek Discovery episode, Through the Valley of Shadows. And um, we're only gonna do a quick Overview of this episode and we encourage Our listeners to go back Earlier into the podcast and Find when we talked about this Originally this is season two Of Star Trek Discovery I don't remember the Episode number oh I We'll try To remember to put that in the show notes below so People can find it easily so did you Like this episode upon rewatching it Vicky
1: I like this one I listened to the podcast Episode we did back whenever it was And my opinion hasn't changed If you take out all the soap opera stuff It was an excellent (laughs) episode and It does answer the question that we asked early in the Strange New World season. Pike was told that his fate would be sealed if he took the crystal. Yeah. And they do go the extra step in our next episode of our series, Quality of Mercy, Which will be an edited down version of the original podcast episode Since we recorded it not too long ago Which is why I'm bringing it up now By first using Pike's compassion for the cadets To get him to consider trying to change his fate And then depending on his commitment to duty And the good of the many To accept his fate So as not to change the timeline
2: Yeah, and and I actually did make note of that So we can talk about that in a little bit And you know the other thing I wrote down In my notes from watching it again Was so soapy
1: Oh, (laughs) You know, there was that scene where Stamage stands up and just stares down I distinctly remember that I remember that scene before and I actually listened to the episode too and my opinion has not changed
2: yeah I actually wrote it in the scene in the quarters between Burnham and Ash yes why didn't you tell me that you had a child with another woman right how could you do you know god right (laughs) before we go to Pike I did make a note about Burnham about how she's so different earlier in the series series you know she was so much more Vulcan and you know logical except that she's not logical actually like her better now later in the series
1: absolutely and we've said that before that she comes across as Vulcan to look at her and the way she speaks and the way she comes across you're thinking Vulcan because you know she grew up on Vulcan but she never behaves everything she does is totally on emotion yes yeah
2: yes It's actually, frankly, sometimes a little annoying.
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) So, but I will say again, this has changed a lot. She's loosened up so much in season four, I actually really enjoyed her. And so it was kind of surprising to remember how different she was earlier in the series.
1: Right. And you know what I noticed, and this has nothing to do with Pike or Burnham, in watching these last two episodes, because the last episode was with Vina and the television. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. um,
1: I don't miss those lens flares. They seem shocking to me. So I'm assuming that they don't do them anymore. Yeah. Am I right?
2: I, I don't think so, because you're right, I it, I don't recall.
1: I don't miss those. Yeah,
2: no. So thank you for reducing the lens flares, whoever made that
1: creative decision.
2: <laughs> I did actually make some other notes here. I actually forgot how much I really liked the character of Laurel, and it was really good to see her again.
1: Yes, and like I said, when the season ended and they were going to the future, I was hoping that when we did find out Strange New Worlds, or at the time we thought it was going to be Section 31, I was hoping, and I'm still hoping in Strange New Worlds, that we're we're going to see Laurel and Ash again. Yes. Because that's possible.
2: And I actually wrote in here, good acting. The acting between Ash and Laurel was yes. outstanding. Absolutely. It was so good. And I really enjoyed their interactions. It was real. It was compelling. I really enjoyed those scenes in particular.
1: I specifically liked the scene where they were yelling at each other in Klingon <laughs>
2: yes.
1: with Pike standing there trying to figure out what the heck is happening.
2: Right, and and then he just sort of cut to the chase.
1: Yeah, I'll go. I'll
2: I'll do it. (laughs) Just... Please stop. Don't, don't yell in Klingon anymore. <laughs> They're going to whip out their knives and
1: go at it. <laughs> right, because I can't remember how familiar Pike was at this point with all of this background. Because the last episode we watched, he wasn't all that aware of Ash's story. Yeah. So at this point, I can't remember how many episodes ahead this is from the last one we saw. But I'm wondering how much he was aware of. I don't think he was aware of a child until no, right then and there. But No,
2: but he obviously knew. I mean, by this point, everyone knew that... That Ash had been a klingon he'd right. been like reconstructed out of Vok or whatever and so the, all of that was there and they know they knew his connection with Lorel yeah. and so i think that was all there it was just that you know the child thing was new for everybody which i think was okay because it wasn't something that anyone needed to know in order to do their job exactly So I really enjoyed that. And I actually found myself not so much enjoying the scenes on Boreth as I did the first time. Oh, really? Yeah. So let's move into that. So just as a brief sort of overview, since we're focusing on Pike here, this season was all about stopping the evil artificial intelligence control From stealing the sphere data that had been stored on in Discovery's memory banks by an ancient entity. The sphere was, you know, millions of years of information that had great value and Control wanted it. And unfortunately, Control was going to use it to eliminate all life in the galaxy. And so the Red Angel, which everyone assumed was burnham's mom but then they found out wasn't had been coming going through time leaving breadcrumbs of clues to help them defeat control right and in the last episode just before this one control had forced burnham's mom back to the future so they no longer had the means of contacting her and figuring out what was going on because she took the only time crystal that was available until another Red Angel sighting breadcrumbs showed up above Borath, which of course is the Klingon monastery that we have heard about in the past mm-hmm. in both the next generation and mentioned in Thief Space Nine because it was where Worf would go to on retreat, essentially. Klingon retreat. And it was the episode... What was the name of that episode? I want to say Legacy, but I don't think that's it. Where mm-hmm. they, the clone of Kalos appeared.
1: Yeah, I know which one you mean.
2: Anyway, so, um, so we got to see Borath in that episode which of course was just the cave set that they used for everything and then it's just mentioned in deep space nine when Worf comes to join the crew in way of the warrior part one and part two he had been on bora right but then he came to deep space nine to help captain cisco right or was he Commander Cisco at that time? I anyway, think he's still commander. Anyway, so this time we get to see Borath and it's, you know, much, much more expansive. Let me go back to why the Borath is important. The Red Angel breadcrumb sighting appears over Borath, and Borath we know is a monastery. But then when Laurel comes on board, so Captain Pike can ask permission to go visit Borath to mm-hmm. find out why the Red Angel was there, she tells them there's more time crystals there. Right. And then there's that's when the fight happened that you and I enjoyed so much yeah. because Ash slash Vok had taken their child together to Bora to be raised anonymously so that he would be kept safe. Right. Because of Klingon politics and machinations, no one knew about the child anymore. The child was thought to be dead, as was Ash supposed to be dead. So they were both arguing about not going down there because it could endanger the child if anyone found out that the child was there or that Ash was there. So that's why Pike said, I'll go. Right. Which, of course, is like the definitive moment. Everything changes right then when he says, I'll go.
1: Yes. We're going to pause right here for a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey Doug Gramley here from Yeah, that can't be good.
2: Doug here from The 13th Warehouse if you are a fan of Eureka.
0: Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip and myself over at Yeah, that can't be good for an episode by episode podcast of all things Eureka at eurekarewatch.com. If you're a fan of Warehouse 13, please join Kim and Vicky over at The 13th Warehouse
2: at the13thwarehouse.com.
0: You can also listen on Apple Podcasts,
1: Spotify, Podbean or
0: wherever you get your podcasts
2: visit us on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse
1: Attention Warehouse fans Kim and Vicky continue on with the Warehouse theme on the 13th Warehouse with Friday the 13th the 1988 television series follow Mickey Ryan and Jack as they hunt for cursed antiques sold by Uncle Lewis to unsuspecting and sometimes suspecting patrons of his antique shop so stick with us on the 13th Warehouse for Friday the 13th the series you can listen to The 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back.
2: So Pike goes down to Borath, and he's met with the monks of Borath who are like, you can't go in. And he's like, but I really need to. And they're like, okay, and that's what I really had a problem with. It was just sort of like, I can't go in. This is terrible. It's going it's going to destroy you. And he's like, but I, I need to really be here. Well, okay. If you if you insist. It was just it felt from a writing perspective that the resistance that was put in front of him was really minimal. Uh, and I think I would have liked to have seen more. Yeah. At least from the from the perspective of or alternatively, so let me let me finish my first thought and then I'm going to go to this next thought. At least from the perspective of continued verbal restrictions even if they let him in all of a sudden, once they said okay, then there was like, oh, we're going to explain to you everything about there's all this backstory. We're going to explain to you about Boreth and we're going to explain to you about the time crystals. So we're going to explain and explain and explain, which didn't make any sense for the initial resistance about him being there. True. Alternatively, I would have loved for there to have been something along the lines where they suddenly got a message from the time crystals saying this guy needs to be here. Then that would have explained the sort of relaxing of their resistance. Oh, okay. Well, the time crystals say he's supposed to be here. It wouldn't even have to be overt or any Anything that was said to him, it could have just been, you know, some kind of indication that they received a message, and that then I think would have made things make a lot more sense. I don't know. That's what I thought rewatching it.
1: Yeah, but see, then they would have had to take all that soap opera stuff out to make room for all of
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> anyway, so as I was watching it, kind of that kind of bothered me. I, I didn't realize. I mean, I think the last time I was there, I was so excited for the backstory which there's lots of backstory. There's lots of cultural infilling. Right. And I do really enjoy that.
1: And then you add to the fact that we didn't know that was coming. Right. So maybe knowing all of that was coming with his future and everything. I don't believe we knew that was coming at all. Yeah. Um, until it happened. So I think we remember it more fondly. Yeah. That part of the episode, than now knowing what's going to happen. We know that's why we're doing this episode because we know that's what's going to happen. Now you're at the place where you're picking out everything that you didn't pay attention to the first. First time
2: right and yeah I have the luxury of doing that which yeah is nice.
1: <laughs> so, yeah absolutely yeah.
2: so what I did really enjoy about this once again the uh in order to take the time crystal and we've kind of talked about this several times during our rewatch uh, excuse, excuse me during our watch of strange new Worlds, in order to take the time crystal two things had to happen one Pike had to be exposed to how he was going to and it's interesting he wasn't exposed to how he was going to die. Because he, he doesn't was exposed to how a, a traumatic event that was going to take place in his life.
1: Right. He doesn't die. We know that. He doesn't
2: die. Right. Yeah. So, but he's I think he assumes that he dies.
1: Well, he never actually says that. He says his life as he knows it is over. They do show him himself in that wheelchair
2: so this is an interesting point for us to discuss because they show him in that wheelchair but then they show his face sort of melting as if this is going to take his life i think the implication is there
1: maybe maybe he does believe he's going to die it never occurred to me because i we know he d- isn't going to die right so maybe that's right yeah it it seems like the writers are careful about it he never actually says that he's going to die ever when he talks about this to what's her name Una. Or any whoever yeah. he talked to, he never says that. He says his and life. And maybe
2: we should rewatch those episodes to double check. Uh, I think. Or are you pretty sure?
1: I'm pretty sure because even okay. you know when he was on that planet when they were putting the kid in the chair to save the planet, oh, you that know,
2: horrible episode. He never,
1: ever, ever says, and I and I'm pretty sure I pointed it out more than once. I'm pretty sure he never, ever, ever says that he's going to die. That doesn't mean he doesn't believe that. I think yeah. the writers are being careful about what he says. I don't think... I think you're right. I'm not sure that he believes that he's going to live through it, but I think the writers are just being careful about the way he puts things.
2: And I think that's a good a good sign that they are caring of our understanding of the canon.
1: Right, right.
2: Yeah. So Anyway, so the two things that he has to do is he has to accept that this, the, the vision of this fate, excuse me, he has to expose himself to the vision of this fate, which could lead to madness as the monk says. Tenebik, right. is that his name? Tenebik. Okay. And then if he takes the time crystal, he essentially has to accept that taking the time crystal seals that fate. So he could have left the time crystal and then avoided that fate. Right. But he didn't. But he didn't. He took the time crystal and sealed his fate. Right. And the thing that it's really interesting, because you mentioned earlier when we first started talking about this today, that he tries to change his fate through compassion yes for those the the cadets that die and and so he says as he's processing the horror of what he's seen he says service sacrifice compassion and love and i loved how you raised that about his trying to change his fate for out of compassion And then falling back on his service and sacrifice. Those elements that are part of his being a Starfleet officer.
1: Yeah, because like we said in this episode, he was told he was sealing his fate. And then as as we get to the end of Strange New Worlds, it's not literally sealing his fate. It's he's sealing his fate being the man that he is.
2: Yes. Yes. Wonderfully put. And it's beautifully done. It really is. And it's such a small, small moment. You don't actually, I don't think, realize. Because at the point, at the time, you're like, oh, my God, this terrible thing is happening. Oh, my God, what is he going to do? And it's such a small moment where you see him make the decision to propel the story forward. But it's a huge moment as far as his character and how his story is going to play out. Any other thoughts about this episode?
1: No, I liked it as much as I did the first time.
2: Reno. Okay, let's talk Reno. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, because she saves it.
1: She does, she does She
2: saves the soap, man she t- She's the shower that rinses the soap right off
1: Yep, absolutely <laughs>
2: Because she's so wonderful with her sarcasm And her, how, how else to put it?
1: I don't know how else to put it
2: She's sarcastic, but pointed She's wise, but not really too much into herself She's a great character right. And she really does sort of ease up that all that all all the soap And make it tolerable
1: I'm
2: really glad they got rid of the soap in the later seasons. Well, okay, let's rephrase it. Tone down the soap?
1: Season four was unbearable for me. So (laughs) I'm hoping that they're getting rid of more of the... uh,
2: Oh, I see. Yes, yes, yes. What's his name?
1: Yeah. Well, the whole, it was all unbearable. It was just, (laughs) it was too much. There was no reason for the storylines to be spread out as long as they spread them out. And hopefully they learned from that. Yeah, I guess I can admit that the soapy stuff was toned down, definitely, in the fourth season. Yeah,
2: it wasn't so much, you know, torn between this thing and that thing. Exactly.
1: Yes, we want to see character development. Yes, we want to see, you know, um, the way people get along or don't get along. But it was a little too much.
2: Yeah, I'm with you, sister.
1: In the fourth season, that was toned down. But then we got into the whole thing about spending entire episodes of somebody being upset about something. Entire episodes and not moving the story along at all. Yeah. And it was just too much, I thought
2: Yes, yes indeed
1: <laughs> But I still have hope Oh um, yeah,
2: I do too And again, I think that the um, discovery has really matured And in a way that is good It's been it, it's been enjoyable But I, I gotta say, hands down, Strange New Worlds has been Oh, absolutely The best Star Trek I have seen in yeah. years Okay, anything else that we need to talk about yeah. as we finish up this podcast uh, on Pike's chronology?
1: No, not in this one Do
2: we have a date for airing of the next season of either Star Trek Discovery or Strange You know,
1: I keep looking. Right before we got on, I happened to look on IMDb. They have all 10 episodes listed, not names, but they do have the episodes listed for season two. Okay, Um, good. So it looks like there's going to be 10 and I forgot to look to see if if there were
2: dates. Look it up right now. stranger things though i had this thought about stranger things you know when i was a kid there was a television show about my parents generation it was called happy days Mm -hmm. and now there's a television show about my kids parents generation (laughs) and it's called stranger things and i like that (laughs) (laughs) just says 2023 just says 2023 so all right uh anything else we want to discuss nope I don't think so. Well, we invite our listeners to join us again. Is there another hike timeline episode coming up?
1: The next one is, Going to be oh what did I just say it's going again
2: uh, is it going to be the uh, menagerie
1: I just said it <gasps> quality the, of mercy quality of mercy there we go but okay we're not going to re record it we're ju- I'm just going to edit down the one that was recorded because we just did it not yeah. that long ago all
2: right very then, good well then we encourage our listeners to be on the lookout for a edited version of our podcast on the quality of mercy all right well then we look forward to that when we get to that probably in a couple weeks yeah. And until then, we hope you're having a great autumn.
1: Okay. All
2: right,
1: take
0: care. Bye. You can continue exploring the universe with Moms Going Boldly by following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash momsgoingboldly and on Twitter at momsgoingboldly. The music used on Moms Going Boldly is Without Limits by Ross Bugden Music. On Twitter at Ross Bugden, licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license, creativecommons.org.
1: You can listen to Moms Going Boldly on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. And we're now also available on Apple Podcasts. Transfer complete.